Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, church. Well, isn't it great to be here on this Sunday morning to give thanks to none other but Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes I wonder if we just really realize how blessed we really are with the revelations of this one God message and the plan of salvation. How to live an overcoming life, a victorious life that'll keep us. We're not only serving a God that delivers, but he has a keeping power. And you know what? We're living in a generation and we're being ushered into a time that this keeping power is going to mean as much as that delivering power. Because I've seen a lot around us that once was delivered, but not so much today, one reason or another. And so, you know, to come to that understanding with by my power and might, but it's by yours, that I didn't become deceived or I didn't allow myself to be misled, but I stayed with that oneness. That oneness in the body as well as in the head. Amen. At whatever cost. God bless you. You may be seated. Appreciate our Sunday school department and uh, our classes and all the students. God bless you. Been praying over you. Amen. Even fervently here lately. For the little time that we have to battle against the forces of the world. and Darkness and evil. And the ideas and opinions of the world around us. But you bring your children here that we'd have a time, an opportunity to put truth in them. Man, God help us. God help us to put the truth into their hearts and create a hunger in their hearts and minds and spirit in early age for the things of God. Appreciate them. God bless them. Bless you this morning. It's good to see everybody in the house of God. Appreciate you so much. For Sister Buford, let me say thanks to you that was able to go and visit with her and be a part of the passing of her sister. Let's remember them. Uh, they have basically all loaded up and went to Jackson today. Her mother-in-law is very, very low. And uh, from what I understand, probably going hospice tomorrow. And so... They're taking this opportunity to go up as a family, all of them, to visit with him and uh, with her sister. So let's just keep them in our prayers that God be with them on the way up and back and their visitation there. Amen. That God would just keep them. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Got a beautiful lesson today. Standing tall on his knees. Standing tall on his knees. I sometimes not sure if we realize the importance of prayer and the power of prayer and how that our prayer lives is really one of the strongholds and possibly maybe the strongest. I hate to say that in a way because there's a number of things that, but I believe they work together. I believe there's certain things that happens in our lives and uh, both good and bad both in the natural and in the spiritual. Uh, I believe it's, it's always a right combination of things that comes together that, that, that causes this to happen, to, to unfold, and to transpire. You can, you can take in the natural, 
certain things that you may pick up. Amen. But a lot of times it's just the right condition. And in that right condition, you wind up, you know, uh, catching it or becoming subject to it. Amen. And so if you could take, a lot of times if you could take one of the two or three equations out of it, it wouldn't have been the same results. And so this is one, I believe, prayer. And, and this is what the lesson's really all about when you get down to it. Amen. He's going to face the uh, den of lions, but it's prayer. Prayer is what they was after. It was, uh, they knew by this petition, they knew by this decree that was being signed to not ask a man to come through the king first. And um, man. Uh, if you listen to the Catholic Church, you got to go by the priests. They're, they're priests. They're man-made priests and uh, are through Mary. Uh, they're, they're looking for avenues. They're looking for means and ways to get into the supernatural. They're getting into ways to the manifestation of God, the power of God, the love of God, the joy of God, the peace of God. Just There's so much available when you get the move of God in your life, when you... Uh, when you come together, you don't even have to be a true believer, but if you come to the house of God, to an apostolic Pentecostal church that believes in the move of the Holy Ghost, and there's something about the moving of the Holy Ghost, and even unbelievers all of a sudden begin to realize, oh, wait a minute, there's something to this. I don't see this hocus-pocus stuff. I don't see this, this white cloud stuff being thrown everywhere. But, but there's something here that I cannot deny. There is a creator. There is a presence, a man that's among us, a man. And so... So even here, is, this has always been tested. It's always been tried and worshipped. Uh, how to worship, who to worship. Amen's always been under the, the, the battle, the struggle upon this earth. Of who you're going to bow to, of who you're going to give yourself to. And, and um, especially in the Old Testament, you see it often were those that would uh, completely surrender or submit or yield themselves and, and we're going to notice that it's important. To, it doesn't matter where you go geographically. It don't make any difference. It doesn't matter who's in the lordship or kingship. A man as far as government. It doesn't make any difference. Uh, we're called upon as believers and servants of the living God. A man that regardless of where we go and where God allows us to go. Especially... Especially if we're serving him, if we know that we're in his will. Sometime it is the will of God to climb into that fiery furnace. Sometime it is the perfect will of God to be cast into that den of lions. Sometimes it is the will of God for you to struggle in the manner and the way. Brother Phillips done such an awesome job. If we really listen to what he taught us Wednesday night. Of Joseph himself as a like and a type unto Christ. Of the, the cross of Jesus Christ. He could, not, he could not bypass that. Neither could he bypass Gethsemane. I've also taught you, amen, that the battle was really won at Gethsemane. And you think that we can bypass prayer rooms and personal prayer times and still live for God? I mean, that's, that's so, uh, you know, contrary to what this is instructed us. Example after example from the very beginning. You can't have true worship without prayer time. You know, not in spirit truth. In fact, uh, the lack of prayers where the biggest struggle is where our heads start getting messed up and our hearts start getting messed up. Because whenever we, we don't have that personal time with God and that personal time with his word, 
amen, to know him. In fact, the Lord help me tonight. We're going to preach on amen. It's God's desire to have truth in the inward parts, not just wear it on your sleeves <laughs> or around your neck <laughs> or place it on your head. No, no, it's God's desire for truth to abide and dwell in the inward parts. Because if you can get the inward parts girded up and, and then truth rules and reigns in the inward parts. The outward part really is not a whole lot of struggle there. Because even when it becomes a struggle on the outward part, it was the inward part that fell first. And it just starts showing up and you start being able to reveal it and see it in the outward part. So anyway. But as we watch here with Daniel, and uh, as, as he's going to be called upon at a time, and, and some of this is amazing to me, and, and I, I, don't have, I don't have enough of the Bible history, if you want to put it that way, and history itself, and uh, from the writings of Josephus and different ones that, that are used to help us to maybe get a, a little better insight of, of some of this stuff, and... Uh, that's what's happening. We say more of it. I'm not against it. Uh, but again, as Bishop Odom had taught us here years and years ago, a man, he said, read Josephus. He said, read it. But just remember, it's Josephus, and the Bible's a Bible. <laughs> so anything that Josephus says, if he's anything contrary to what the Word of God, the Word of God trumps Josephus. Now, realize, most of these writers, a man, uh, they, they wrote with the intent of trying to tell it just like it was as best they could with history and things. Like that. And they come out and they're writing it down. They're willing to write it down. But don't let that deceive you either. The devil's wrote down a lot of lies. <laughs> I mean, I mean we, just, we just read it that, you know, through men, that through their means and ways, especially those that has charisma, that are gifted. But they didn't have a love for truth. Some of the, some of the greatest deceptions and, and some of the greatest loss of humanity is going to be out of religious settings, not bar rooms. It's going to be more lost from that place than any other place. Okay? And so, but this is the battle. This is the, this is a struggle that's always been. It's always going to be. Until the time of conquering and no more time. And he sets up that new Jerusalem and new city and new earth. And there be no more devil. And he's, he's bound forever in the lake of fire and all of that. Until, until all that takes place. Uh, if, if you and I come to the God, come to the house of God thinking life's going to get a lot easier. We, we've mistaken me. Now, we're going to get a help. We're going to get some, some help and some strength and some anointing and some powers. Amen. We sung about it. Amen. The very first song. Amen. To, amen. You know, by his power, by his name, there's power. When you take it on in baptism, when you're born into that kingdom, when you really begin to experience that and you work on that experience, Amen. Amen. It's just like in the natural. You can take the difference of, of good, healthy mothers, amen, and that, that, that you know, does a study and gets some insight and, and draws some lines that, hey, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. We're not going to involve that. And they don't wait until the baby gets here to start all that. Huh. They start way before that. And so anyway, I don't want to get jumped on a lot of that. But anyway, our focus verse is found in Daniel 6 and 10. 
Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, that's a, that's a pretty powerful statement right there. He knew it was signed. He wasn't doing this out of ignorance, unbeknowing to him. He didn't just stumble upon it. He knew that the decree had been signed. Maybe he knew it had been written, but he was not among them from all accounts. Man, when they petitioned the king, they brought it to his attention. Uh, he wouldn't have found himself in this agreement to, done, to do this. And so, but they had positioned and worked their way around. And there's a lot to be said about him up to that. And we're going to, I'm going to tell you something. This lesson is going to help us back up some things that I've been talking about here on some Wednesday nights about the laws of the land and uh, about our own government and about how we conduct ourselves. In fact, it's something I am a little concerned about because um, we're not careful. And I'm talking about preachers here. Okay, preachers. Sometimes even preachers think that um, uh, they can get in automobiles and just do whatever they want to when they get ready to do it because, you know, they're about the king's business. Huh. Sometimes they can, they'll even bend those rules on hunting and, 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 and bend some. But you're going to see. You know what the devil's looking for? You know what your adversary's looking for this morning in your life? What is he looking for? What did they look for in Daniel's life? An occasion. An opportunity. Defying error in his life. Something that they could accuse him of. That would mess up his reputation with the king. That would cause the king to question him and take his leadership because they didn't want him to be in leadership that he was in. So they was looking for this occasion. We'll talk about this again too. Lord help us. That's the reason you and I, Peter told us to be on our guard. We have what a, we got an adversary. We got a devil that's against us. He's looking for opportunities. And he's shooting arrows. He's looking for weak points and weak times and opportunities. Amen. That's the reason Jesus Christ, every idle word. We've got to be careful. It doesn't matter if we're alone or with our family or on the workplace, walking in Walmart, driving down. Why? Because, now watch this. I could take this all the way back to Job. The warfare between good and evil, dark and light. Where are you going to stand? Who are you going to serve? What are you going to bow to? What are you going to love? Was that not the question? Is that not what Satan asked God, told God? He said, oh, the only reason he loves you is because you got a hedge around him. The only reason he's serving you is because you're blessing everything he's doing. You just let me have at him. I'll show you. And you know what's so funny about all this? Nobody told Job. The devil didn't tell Job. In fact, all the attacks that the devil used, he blamed God. He said God was doing it. Go back and read it. The Lord's doing this. And it wasn't the Lord. It was the Lord allowed it. But it wasn't the Lord doing it. It was the devil. And so the devil's after us. He's looking for occasions. He's looking for opportunities to find some strongholds to slip in. And, and make connections. Amen. To tear down the kingdom. To rob us. Now, this also is done uh, in the lesson individually, but also collectively. But if he can't get the whole collection or the whole church, then he'll start with individuals. 
so that if I can work through individuals, I'm begin to worm and make my way in to change the doctrines. To change the beliefs. To change the true worship. Because that's what's really, who are we going to serve? Who are we going to give ourselves to? And so for you and I, that's the reason the Hebrew writer talks about the confidence that we have in God. Amen. And, 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 and so much more. Hey, this is connected with what Brother Ford's talking again with. This unity, taking our brother by the hand and uniting and bonding together and, and believing together. Because there's no greater force, no greater power. I mean, even, even in Genesis, Babel, that's, that's what God, God's telling us. The power of unity. Amen. That the, is you agree together and join together. And so, as we watch this. He went into his house. Now, after he knew that it was signed, he went into his house. And his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He knelt upon his knees three times a day. And prayed and gave thanks before his God. As he did aforetime. He didn't change anything that he had been practicing now. Now watch this. Going into the sixth chapter, if you've got one of these premier Bibles, you'll go down to the beginning of that six and one. They tell us that the scholars believe that Daniel is somewhere between 80 and 90 years of age now. He didn't start just praying the day before or the week before or the month before or the year before. But apparently Daniel, because they had purposed some things in that first chapter, while they were just children and considered children, that was possibly, as, and I'm not sure how old he was, but uh, uh, the 10, 11, 12, maybe a young teenager. But not much older than that for sure. Because that was the responsibility when they went and gathered them in that first gathering under Nebuchadnezzar. Is to bring those that had insight and understanding and ability to understand scientists. That was the elite of their class. Hmm. To become their servants. We want the cream of the crop. That's what the devil wants. That's the reason the world has got some folks out there that's doing worldly stuff and ungodly stuff. That's so, with so much charisma and so much talent and so much ability. God gave them that talent. They're just using it for the wrong God and for the wrong purpose. God's never given any of us the brains and the ability to do things, to use it for ourselves or for the, for the devil or for the world. He gave us these gifts and talents and ability, amen, for the kingdom of God. But neither do we go out into the world and be taught by the world, amen, to learn and then bring it back to the house of God to do it. And I'm, <laughs> praise God. 
That's the reason we got to watch it in our worship. What's connected with our worship? Music's one of the most powerful things that we got. Amen. It unifies us. It bonds us together. That's the reason we come in here and the songs that we pick and choose. And I pray for our leaders. I pray for our musical department. God help them get the right songs. Help them on them. I don't just bash them and beat them up because they don't get the songs I think they ought to get. Amen. No, I pray God help them. Amen. Because they warn against the demons and they warn against carnality and they warn against traditions and they warn against a lot of things but yet it's so important to set the stage and start the very beginning of a service of coming together here because this is what helps unifies us because we all sing the same song it's hard to sing a man a little talk with Jesus when they're playing singing amazing grace isn't it so that's that's what helps brings us that's what helps us why? Because we've been out, out there and our minds are scattered. We've been rushing and hustling, getting here and things. So now it's time to unify. It's time to come together. It's time to come as that body. That body that God has fitly joined together. That uh, through the umption, the power of the head as we begin to worship him and flows through us. That's the reason this is where you get the operation of the gifts of the spirit. This is where you get into that realm and place of the miraculous and and the gifts of healing, gifts of faith. Man, would you come in such, that's the reason this solemn gathering. And I know it, we do it three times, at least three times a week. But sometimes because it becomes such a, a tradition, it becomes some, such a, a habit. Uh, can I just be honest? Uh, I have a feeling some of us has really lost the awe about coming to church. All about who we're here to worship and whose presence is going to be here and who's acknowledge us and knows us and knows everything about us and where we're going. He knows what's going on in your brain right now. He knows if you agree with me or disagree with me and want to just, you know, if you want to hug me up, if you want to knock my teeth out. God knows that. He knows the intent. He knows our uprise, our downfalls. He knows. He knows every struggle you had, every temptation you've been involved in. He knows the snares and the traps. He knows what's setting ahead of us in the days to come. And so that's the reason all this is so important. And coming here and coming with all of our mind, with all of our heart, with all of our spirit. Amen. To be sensitive to him and, and to be able to shove all of that out. Can I, can I just say something? That's the reason if we're not careful. Them phones even. Some of you can't even shut them off during service time. You got them close by. If they vibrate, they do this and do that, man. You just get that little look down. You just get that little slip. And nobody's. But God knows. You know, no different than that, amen. And, and you know, we, we have taught about, man, I don't know why I got on this, but uh, uh, about the house of God and the presence of God. That's the reason, hey, we don't believe in chewing gum at the house of God. Why? It's just. It's, it's an act. It's a beginning of disrespectful. Are you going to go to hell over chewing gum in the house of God? Probably not. But if you're not careful, you'll go from that chewing gum to talking and then texting and then doing this. And, do, and, and see what I'm telling you? That's how the devil works. That's how flesh works. And, and first news you know, there you are. Distractions. I taught my children one thing about driving. Man, don't become distracted. There's been wrecks and people killed because they reached down to pick up a billfold. Set the volume on the radio. 
distraction. Hey, the enemy of our soul and our inheritance, amen, is, is a specialist at it. He distracted Eve and got her attention. It was his ideal to get her attention at, the, at that fruit of, of, of truth and rightness. I mean, of, of wicked and evilness. It was him that was one that brought this topic up. And he's still doing it. So I don't get on all that. I'm going to try to. So as we watch what Daniel does. Truth about God. God's favor in my life is not dependent on ideal circumstances. How many likes ideal circumstances? Sure we do. We all do. Come on. And we like ideal circumstances. Every day, you know, we'd have the weather just like we want it. At the cost of everybody else. Amen. Hallelujah. We, some, for some of us, they'd never be a winter day. For others, they'd never be a summer day. And so all of us are starved to death and all of us are die because everybody having to see be so confused and so messed up, we all wouldn't make it 24 hours. I'm glad we got a God. I'm glad we got a God that's not governed by man, by no man. He still rules and reigns in the affairs of all men. He'll work it out. Like Brother Booker said, it's going to pan out. Man, it's going to pan out. Amen. Truth for my life, I will trust God in delivery. Deliver me from what? From trials. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. He's going to deliver me from this trial. Amen. I, I don't know when. Sometimes maybe. And sometimes the trials can be lengthy. Amen. But, but God needs. God needs a church that's willing to, uh, willing to go through trials. He needs individuals that's willing to go through trials. He's, he's got to have individuals that's willing, amen, to hear the voice. And now, you've got to realize, I, I don't know, I do know by the writings of Daniel that he knew something about Jeremiah's writings. He mentions it. He knew about the 70 years. So, so Daniel knew enough what was unfolding, what was happening, that Daniel and the, the three Hebrew and those that were there as one God believers, they knew it was will of God for them to be there. Where there was so much resistance for the, the majority, amen, back at Jerusalem that was trying to do their best to shut the mouth of Jeremiah. Put him down into miry clay and everything else, amen, trying to put him in prison and things. That, but yet Jeremiah was the man of, of the voice of God. So they believed that. They, they understood that. So they knew their geographical location. They was in the perfect will of God. Man, when's the last time you was in a struggle and a battle, a trial, and you looked at it and said, you know, I'm the perfect will of God. Man, I'm fighting off devils, but I'm in the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. There's some strength that come with that. <laughs> I'm in the Holy Ghost this morning. Some of you looking at me, you know, some trials we bring on ourselves. I've heard people say, you know, especially when they're fighting certain things and burdened down with certain things. And, and they say, well, God said he would put more on me than I could bear. Did God put that on you or did you put that on you? Did God, you know, you picking that up for the kingdom of God or are you picking that up for self? There is a difference between the two. Because we're drawn away by our own enticement and license. And when we get out there and get to pick it up, all of a sudden, man, this is gonna it's gonna weigh me down. This is gonna it's just gonna rob me. It's gonna take me. See what I'm saying? So you and I've got to do what? Lay aside every weight. Some things just not even sin, it's just weights. You gotta lay them aside to continue in the race and the battle. You know. I don't know who the world champion is today in boxing. But I promise you, I could take him under my rules. 
I mean, if he comes into that ring, and, and, and you know, we put him in a straight jacket. <laughs> All I got to do is just, <laughs> I may not knock him out, but if I, I know I can hit him enough that they got to give me the score. Devil, I may not can knock you out, but I know a God that can put you in a straight jacket. Amen. And I can get enough punches in. I win the battle. At the end of the at the end of the match. At the end of the day, I'm gonna get my inheritance. At the end of the day, I'm gonna get eternal life. Amen. Because I was willing to get in the ring. You and I got to be willing to get in the ring. You and I got to be willing to present these bodies holy and acceptable unto God. Undefiled, unpolluted. Amen. By the world, the things of the world. So that warfare and that battles goes on. It goes on every day. It's not a day exempt. Amen. That's in some form and manner. You and I, as we present ourselves and offer ourselves unto God, to his service. So Daniel, now, when you begin to look at it, and it talks about it, and you can go to Ezra 4 and 5, and I want to just mention this to a certain degree. I won't go into great details. Go back to the lesson connection as he talks about the battles, the struggles, the world wars, and Things of this nature, people got in for the Jews. Their, their trials, their battles. The temple, a man had been destroyed many a times. The number of wars that's warred up against even Jerusalem, the, the tearing down of Jerusalem in 70 AD again. We see this. We see how it unfolds. And the Jews, those that was willing, a man would submit themselves, yield themselves, that would not deny this Jehovah God, this one God. Amen. And even today, you know as well as I do, Israel's under battle. Amen. And, uh, you know, Yahoo, amen. Some of them's questioning him, been in leadership off and on a long time now. We need to pray for Israel. We need to pray for that leadership. We pray God's will. We pray for our own. We've got to pray for our own. Amen. We're instructed by Paul because these world events affect so many, and it will affect us. Maybe not to extreme as some of them. And sometimes. Uh, Sometimes I believe this is what happens because it's not our neighbor, because it's not in our, our family or in our, our backyard. Amen. We have a tendency, amen, to not get involved in it and pray about it. But uh, the, these are God's people. They're God's people now. And as a church, we, we need to be responsible to help pray that uh, this unfolds and things happen as God has been planned and God wants to unfold. And we know, we know it's all going to come to an end and all nations are going to go against her. But uh, we still want the plan of God and the ways of God. Uh, I sure don't want it to get to heaven and because of lack on our part and in our prayers that it didn't work out differently than what it should have. Amen. Now, I see this. I can't take you, amen, to amen, the book of Acts, the 12th chapter. It's because of the church that prayed without ceasing. Amen. And I know we can say, well, Peter was going to be. But yet, amen, sometimes the church, some things and individuals and our prayers and our commitment to us brings these things about. And if we fail to do that, then what's going to be the outcome? Now, God's going to work it out. But maybe it's not. But anyway, I'm just, I want to jump on all that. But anyways, we look at this. And again, if you go to Ezra 4 and 5 and hired counselors against them. To frustrate their purpose. Hired counselors to frustrate their purpose. They was going there to build the temple, to rebuild the city. You know, Ezra with Nehemiah, the three different groups. It goes back. I'm not going to go all of that. 
But then when you go to 2 Kings, I didn't give them this, but you can go to 2 Kings 17 and 18. And there you're going to read of these events, some, uh, some events unfolding that whenever uh, the Israelites, when they disobeyed God and when they uh, didn't keep his ordinance and statues. And so God would raise up these nations and he sent them into Samaria and he sent them into these places. And he took them, some of them took them captives and led them off. Amen. And here's, here's what happened. This is where some that came in and they, they put them into these cities and they, they became, and as these generations come up and their children begin to marry and to, to the Jews, even after Jerusalem, amen, some of their own kids begin to marry some of the Jerusalem, uh, the, some of the Jewish people. And so now these are some of these descendants that's coming out even 70 and 80 years later. And so these are some that the devil even uses, amen, to rise up and attack them, amen, to come against them. Can I say this? That's the reason, amen, backsliders need to be very careful what they give themselves over to. If they're not careful, amen, the enemy will use them, and that'll be some of the, some of the worst people against the church, the true church. They'll try to start other churches and other doctrines, and they'll try to go into other areas, and, and they'll even try, amen, to weave their way back in, amen, to the church itself, looking for positions and places, amen, to tear down and destroy. If you go back and read this, you'll see even with Ezra were those, that, amen, that came along. And they came to be worshipers of this Jehovah God among the other gods that they worshipped. And, and so they would not allow them. They wouldn't accept them and say, no, we're going to rebuild this temple. We're going to rebuild this tabernacle. We're going to do the work. God's going to be. And this is under this, the leadership of the Syrian. Amen. Whenever he first came out, if you go back and read this. And I'm saying a lot here. And there's a whole lot I'm leaving out. So, But if you get to understand of some of this as it unfolded in the scriptures as well as in history, you begin to realize some of this that as it unfolded at what took place because they denied them they wouldn't let them help them and so they rose up against them and they wrote ordinance against them and letters against them and accused them of things and it even it even hindered the rebuilding of the tabernacle and the thing this is where Jerusalem comes in and, and we get the, the, the message or the voice amen of God it moves them not by fire and might but by my spirit they're going to lay the foundation to build thereof even though it had been hindered now they'd build all their houses but hadn't built the tabernacle yet so that's that's how a lot of this works can I tell you something it works the same way in the spiritual time. It works the same way in the New Testament church. The reason there's sometimes the move of God and the power of God and then the lack thereof, amen, especially when you start going to different uh, locations and places of that nature. It's according to the leadership that's in that particular place. They still want to connect a man to Pentecost. They want to connect a man to, to the day that they received the Holy Ghost 45 years ago. But yet if you look at them and observe them, amen, occasions came their way and now they don't look at apostolic and they don't look Pentecostal they came to be and they came to still hold on to Jesus and they came to still hold on to this Jehovah God but I'm telling you they don't look nothing like the bride and what this book not what I'm saying now what this book says to look like it and what this book says to operate right so now we got this mingling and we've got a little bit of truth mingled in with other things and so this is where we at this is where we at and, and, and that's where you got so many called religions and and doctrines and ideas of men and opinions. And thank God for the word. Thank God for the written word here that you and I've got that we can go back and look at. And, and so as you see all this unfolding, here's Daniel now. Now, another thing I find amazing, when you go to Daniel 6 and 1, it pleased their eyes to set over the kingdom 120 princes. Which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three 
And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princess might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. So he's setting them up. He's putting them in positions and places to help protect, help guard, help observe, you know, what's unfolding, what's taking place, making sure enemies are not slipping in, things of this nature. And everything's working smoothly in operation because now it was such an increase of this Babylonian kingdom that had failed. If you go back and read, you're going to see a man in the prior chapter. A man, when you go, a man back to Daniel's 5, and you're going to see there were a man, the queen that came in and gave her instructions how to, and I'll come to that in a minute. Let me just back back up here. And so we see that this Daniel was preferred above the president, the princess, because what? Because of an excellent spirit was in him because of an excellent spirit that was in Daniel. This didn't happen overnight. Again, we see a process. We see a purpose that you can go all the way back to Daniel 1 and begin to watch this process and the testing that began to take place. And, 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 and by prayer, by prayer, you're going to notice, um, hallelujah, as, as they sought the face of God and found favor with the overkeeper. And you know the testing went through because they denied. Uh, they wouldn't take of the king's uh, uh, food. They wouldn't drink of his wine. But they, they said, well, give us vegetables and give us water. And the, the one is overseeing, the, you know, the test that went there. Amen. We'll give us 10 days. And in 10 days, come back and examine us. And we'll just see if our God won't work for us and make sure. Because we don't want to put your life in jeopardy. Amen. We, we're not trying to do that. We're just trying to obey God where we're at. And, and so, and I'm not putting some of this in my own terms. And so this is what unfolded. And then you get in the next chapter. And there's a, this dream and all that it takes place. And all the astrologers and so-called spiritual leaders and people with, with education and knowledge and powers and ability. The king calls in, but they can't give the, the dream or interpretation of the dream. And so Daniel's called upon. He requests for a little time to do what? To pray. So now we begin to watch a pattern that's laid down in Daniel's life way prior to this sixth chapter of how even in the Babylonian kingdomship, how that he would find favor in this kingdomship as a one God believer. And, and yet he didn't compromise any of his standards. He didn't compromise any of his beliefs. They tried to change his wardrobe. They tried to change his name. They tried to change his identity. But the only time they really wanted to recognize his identity is when they found themselves in a dilemma and a situation when they need a visitation from a real God, a God of the living, not a God of flesh, not a God that was made by man out of stone, wood, hail, stubble. When, when they need a real God, they had to reach all the way back and get some of them Hebrew one God-believing folks. Hallelujah. Call upon them. Come on, church. Listen to me this morning. You hold to the standards. You hold to walking in the Holy Ghost and the giftings of God. You're going to be called on one day. Hallelujah. And all the process and the seasons that you're coming through is for that one moment and for that one hour. But it's going to be worth it if we'll just hold on. If we'll just hold on. It's going to be worth it. But we're kidding ourselves. If we can think, think we can do it without prayer. We're kidding ourselves. Man, because you know, a prayerless life is a powerless life. A prayerless life is a life that has is a lack of joy. That's the reason there's a lack of joy coming to the house of God sometimes. I ain't being ugly. I'm not trying to jump. I'm just telling you. Because whenever you you, you don't work on the personal, hey, when when a guy or a lady don't want to go home because there's some personal problems going on. Man, whenever the personal things is right, he's ready to go home. He's looking for an opportunity to go home. He's willing to drive seven and eight hours and just spend, a, you know, 24 hours and then drive it back to work. 
Amen. Because why? It's something like the house. I like going to the house. Man, I love them folks. I want to be in their presence. You know. And so the same way it works with God. And so when we have a personal, we don't work on keep the personal encounter. Amen. And relationship in, in, in the, the method that it should be. And prayer is one of the most powerful ways of doing that. Personal, a closet closing prayer and visitations and encounters with God. Amen. It's where you find this help, you find this strength, you find this place. You can be totally illiterate, but if you learn how to pray. In prayer, God will help you learn to read enough, amen, to know what's in this book. Enough to be saved, abandoned. But anyway, as, as this unfolds and it begins to take place, and Daniel finds himself in this sixth chapter. Now he's somewhere, they believe, speculate, 80 to 90 years of age. Amen. He's done been through some processes, done interpret some dreams and worked to amen for Nebuchadnezzar, done work for Belzer. He was called on when you go back, in fact, you go back to the fifth chapter, you're gonna see where the queen comes in. Now notice because I mentioned this excellent spirit. Amen. Let me let me back up. Proverbs twenty two and twenty nine says, Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings, he shall not stand before mean men. This is what Proverbs taught us. This is what Solomon taught us. Man, when you're diligent in your business, and, and can I say this? The most important business that you and I have got above everything else, above everything, including your family, is the business of your Heavenly Father. If you want to serve your family the best way, keep your Heavenly Father's business up front. If you want to be successful in your workplace, your business, whatever endeavors you set out to do, you keep your Heavenly Father's business in the perspective that it's supposed to be. Man, you be vigilant about that. You be sober about that. You, you draw some lines and some places. And I'm going to say this. I'm not throwing stone at nobody, okay? But, but, but I've mentioned this in the past here. But you take him and come to the house of God. I, I can remember a time you didn't miss coming to church. And you just didn't miss. If you did, there's a death in the family or your death. <laughs> Thereabout. <laughs> You thought she's going to die. I wish you could die. Okay, again, I'm not throwing stones at nobody. Okay? Of course, I can remember a time at work. You didn't miss work either. They didn't put up with all the excuses either. If you missed two or three times and didn't have a good excuse, you're usually looking for another job. So what's happening? The spiritual realm. Now, let's shift that into the spiritual realm. That's what's happened. Because now, obligations, responsibilities, uh, commitments, and dedications, and loyalty... All that's affected us. We see that in a number of areas. In fact, the only thing I can see us becoming more loyal to, more given to, or subject to, is to ourself. And that's where Paul's writings about the belly, serving the belly, my own passions, my own just how I want it. I don't like, if I don't like this job, I don't care how much they pay. I'm, I'm gone. I'm out of here. They do a church the same way. And guess what? You can't do all that that way and not do God the same way. See, it's a domino effect. It's a domino effect. In fact, it's kind of went the opposite. They've done God first. And then when you do God that way, it opens you up that all of a sudden you can't find a lot of stability in a lot of other areas. That what you used to handle and how you used to hang in there, all of a sudden you find yourself a hey man having some feet that wants to flee. Having some passion, say, I'm about over this. I'm about, about done with this. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. Hmm. 
Why are you saying that? Daniel didn't leave after the kingship of the Nebuchadnezzar was overcome and defeated, even by his own. Now, many, if you go back and study that close to that, Belshazzar actually was a grandson. Now, you do that what you want to. But he, he's still there working under this type of leadership. And this is something I find real amazing about this chapter, beginning of this chapter, is the position that Daniel finds him in. Because just prior to this, amen, in Daniel's 5 and 12 and 14, as, as the writing on the hand wall, if you know about that, you know the handwriting that went on the wall because they was there partying. They was taking the goblets and, and the vessels that come out of the tabernacle. And they was using them, amen, to drink their wine and party with and all that. And so the kingship, amen, of this grandson is the way most of them believe it is, amen, and becomes to an end in that night and Daniel's one that comes and, and gives the interpretation of the writing of the wall and tells him what's going to happen and that night he was taken from him but now he became the third man in that kingdom most times when another kingdom comes ushering in to taking over a kingdom they take out all the leadership immediately when I say take out in that day and time they killed them assassinated them but they didn't Daniel Number one, because God was protecting him and he had the favor of God with him. That's number one, okay? But the second reason is because everybody knew he had an excellent spirit. He had a conduct and a manner and a calling and a favor and a charisma and all about him. And all of this comes from a powerful prayer life three times a day. That most believe that happens, amen, at 9, 3, and at 6 every day. Take out time to raise those winters. Call out to this Jehovah God, even though the key was still in Babylon. In a foreign country. Nowhere near Israel or Jerusalem or the tabernacle. But he knew that God was with him and answered his prayers. Just like Jonah. He found himself in the belly of that whale. And underneath the bars of the earth. And the fountains of the mountain. But I know a God that can hear me. When nobody else can save me. And nobody else can deliver me. There is a God. And so. As you watch this and talks about this type of man and understanding, a man of understanding, an excellent spirit. So we pick up in Daniel 5, and I'm going to try to hurry because I know if I don't, I'm going to be a man. They don't have a clock up here. Good. That's fine. For as much as an excellent spirit, and he's talking about the queen. The queen now is coming in. He's talking because of the ring of the wall. They couldn't find nobody to interpret it. So the queen comes in. She hears about this. She comes into the sun, coming into the quarters. And she should still tell me and recognize the queen. So she's coming in. She's talking about Daniel. This 15th verse, 7th, 12th verse is talking about Daniel. Excellent spirit, knowledge, and understanding, interpreting of dreams, and showing of hard sentences. And, and just having of doubts. Amen. He's the one that make her drive all the doubt out and all the second guessing. No matter what the outcome of that judgment was. Watch that closely with Nebuchadnezzar with all of them. The, the, the report of what's going to happen. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't change it up. He, didn't, you know, he, he told it like it was. Regardless of the outcome of it. That's a real vessel of God. That's willing to stand and be the voice of God both for the good and bad. Both for the good outcome and the bad outcomes. You see that with Joseph, with the baker, the man and the butler. Amen. Okay. So 
when she talks about deserving, uh, dissolving doubts, were found in the same Daniel, who the king named Belshazzar, now let Daniel be called. He will show the interpretation. <clears throat> then was Daniel brought in before the king, and the king spake and said unto Daniel, Art thou that Daniel, which art of the children of the captivity of Judah? They always tagged him with that. Always. When the butler remembered, and I mean, it was Joseph, when, whenever they brought him out to, to Nebuchadnezzar, the, the children of the captivity. <laughs> Man, guess who we are? We're the children of captivity. The captive taken captive. We've always held captive by sin. We didn't have uh, enough strength, enough abilities, enough whatever to get us out of it. That's the reason we had to have a Savior. That's the reason we have to have an encounter with the Jehovah God. That's the we have an encounter. The only way to have that encounter is through Jesus Christ. And the gospel of Jesus Christ. But now the captive's taken captive. He's got us. We're his captives. We're his. That's the reason Paul said, I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I belong to him and his service. Amen. Have you ever seen prisoners? Amen. Getting to wear what they want to wear, go where they want to go, and do what they want to do. And if people want to talk about that we're the ones that messed up, no, they're the ones that messed up. <laughs> We're the one that's really been delivered and set free. We just found ourselves bound with something far greater than the love of the world, the lust of the flesh and thing. No, no there's a love in us. Amen. That's shed abroad, man, by the Holy Ghost. There's, there's an encounter that we've had. There's one that we've been introduced to, one that we, we know him now. May just be a measure, but it's enough. It's enough. And so as she encounters and talks about him and uh, so when you move from that and you go back to Daniel's fourth verse and it says then the president of the preacher sought to find an occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom I believe this kingdom they're talking about here in this particular verse is the kingdom not God's kingdom but the kingdom that they were serving the kingdom that they was a part of the Medes Persian kingdom okay and so they done search and look for avenues and means and ways to find Daniel in error. That they can use, amen, to entrap him, ensnare him. But, but, they could find none occasion, amen, nor fault. If you watch all this close in the Old Testament, especially with men like Moses and Joseph and Daniel, you start finding some likeness and patterns of none other but our Lord Jesus Christ. Where they sought to find him, ensnare him, and trap him. And I got some verses there. Matthew 26, 3 and 4. Matthew 27, 17. Don't go to them. Uh, the, the, the places where they sought him. The Pharisees, the Sadducees tried to ensnare him. Tried to bring uh, the situation before him. To see how he was going to line up with Moses. How he's going to line up amen, with the law. And how he was going to deal with some of these things. Trying to ensnare him and trap him. Amen. To accuse him. To find occasions against him. Church, come on. We, we're going to always... We're always going to be on that hill. Guess what? Amen. When you're the candle lit, you're the one everybody's trying to put out. You're the one that everybody's trying to find the mud, the dirt about them. Get used to it. Don't rail up. Don't get mad. Don't get offensive about it. Let them accuse you what they want to accuse you. But when they falsely accuse you, and let me tell you something, we can't get an attitude and a spirit. I'm going to rail back against them. I'm going to make statements, and I'm going to get all mad. No, no, no. Writers taught us. He said, but when you take it patiently, your false accusations and the mockery, 
and you take it. You receive it. You keep a smile on your face and your attitude stays right about it. He says it's no big deal, amen, when you've done wrong and you accept it. But when you haven't done wrong and you get real accused and you get mocked and you, you maybe even put on the chopping block for it. But you handle it a godlike way. A Christian likeness. We need to be very careful about, hey, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. That kind of spirit. That kind of attitude. <laughs> I, I may be flirting with some stuff here. Maybe I'll just. But it's, it's the truth. We believe God fights our battles, right? We believe God's got a way of fighting them. And we know the best outcome is to trust him and allow him. In this trial. In this trial. We don't, we don't really believe that we just walk and stumble into life, do we? Let me ask him, who, who walks and stumbles into things? What did the writer say? The, the, the what? The children of the dark. The children of light. They don't stumble. Run in because we got light. We see it. So we can either bypass it or go around it or deal with it, speak to it, handle it. Just according, because the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And that's not, not just for our convenience. And that's not just when we want it to. But that's in every dilemma. Including your personal family. Well, I, I could tell in the Spirit today. I'm, I'm really addressing that what God. It's just to say. And it may be more important when it's your personal family. Who do you want to be saved more than anybody else? Who did Noah work on the most? Who did he save when he couldn't save nobody else? Let me ask you something. In our world today, is there more family problems than there's ever been? Or is it we just don't handle it the way that we used to? There was a time that families, especially you know, before the Civil War, you couldn't tear families apart because this was what we would say. What's thicker than water? What happened to that? We're living in a generation now, it don't take much for some families, buddy. Stranger can come up and do the same things and even worse things, and they'll still love them and care for them and befriend them. And so, so what's what's behind the scenes now? What drove that? What causes that? What spirit dominated there? Because watch this: this kingdom business. If you watch it, it's about dominion. It's about dominion. Now, this kingdom that took over, Amen. So when you go to this fourth chapter, President President was they're just looking for occasion for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, Daniel 6, 4, and 5, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel in that kingdom. Now, that's what I'm talking about, even the laws of the land. We have to be careful. To, to be 
careful not to be breaking the laws of the land. I'm not saying none of us is going to ever get a speeding ticket. My, my wife gets on me about that sometimes. But, uh, but I'm going to tell you something. You shouldn't ever make it a habit every time you get in a vehicle. You know, you shouldn't have the nickname Speed Demon. right uh, you know, well, I'm always late well start getting up earlier work on that there's your problem you know you got to get up got to get moving you knew what time you had to be there Bear on that responsibility be fervent about your business there's a likeness there amen it's the reason you're always late you made it a habit you're just always waiting too late to get started it ain't that you're late you're just waiting too late to get started now there are times and occasions and we always leave some tolerance there especially when you got babies and things because you can't predict them you can start out the door and they can throw up you and everywhere else. And you know what? You got to go back in. You could have been all time, but you're not now. <laughs> now, there's some things that God knows that and we know that. But when it's. So, I don't know where I'm getting. But I need to get away from that. But anyway. Except we find it. Now, watch this. The latter part of this fifth verse. Except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. This is where we're going to have to work. We're going to have to come up with a scheme and a way, a man, against the law of his God. Because I'm telling you, he's not going to budge from that. It doesn't no matter what we do and how we go about doing it. Amen. He, he's going to practice certain things. And so they came up with the idea, amen. And, and when we see this, and I'm going to bypass some of this. I'd love to went to Judges 14 and 4. It talks about Samson there, amen. It talks about the Philistines and how has the men over the Israelites. And amen, that he sought. Now watch this. The Lord sought an occasion, amen. You know, God's looking for occasion sometime too. Let's go there. I, I, let's go there. Judges 14 and 4. Amen. But his father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord. That he sought an occasion against the Philistines. Sometimes the reason you and I find ourselves facing fiery furnaces and dens of lions. Amen. It's because God's looking for occasion. Amen. To put the devil in his place. Amen. So he's got to have somebody that's willing to take on the afflictions and the trials and the battles and the heat of the battle. Amen. To make the stand right before everybody. Not destroying, amen, the vessels that God, that the devil's using, but be a testimony, a witness to them. How what God can do when, when he's got somebody that's willing to stand for him and put up the test. Amen. Hallelujah. We're not going to bow our knees. We're not going to yield and humble ourselves to, to the ideals and the ideologies of the world. No, we're going to stand with this at whatever cost. We're going to stay with truth. And so Samson was raised up for this purpose and reason. And I know he messed up and done some things, but, but still in the book, there it is. The Lord was looking for occasion, even though his mother and father didn't quite understand what was going on. We go back to Daniel 3 and 8, and we'll see there. Wherefore, at a time certain, the Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. Amen. They was one watching. They was one observing. Three Hebrews out of this great multitude. We had a lesson on it just a few weeks ago. Amen. And they, those are the ones that brought it to the king's attention. Hey, you got three out there. Three out of, uh, I don't know, 653,000 people that didn't bow their knees. How would, you, how would you like that? How would you appreciate that? <clears throat> Again, we say it's a spiritual thing. It's really a spiritual thing. It's what it's all about. about who's going to bow? Who's going to submit? And so, church, if you think you're going to be the majority, even among the religions, it's not going to be so. If you're looking for a number to go by, you're in, you're in trouble. That's not going to happen. And I'm praying for multitudes. I'm praying for revival. I'm praying to hundreds and thousands to come in. But at the same time, we understand what the scriptures have taught us. Okay. Of course, when you include seven 
pushing probably toward 8 billion people. Come on. The church may not be no more than a fingernail on this body of, of host of humanity. Right, now you understand what I'm saying. So let's do what we can to reach who we can as, as much as we possibly can. Man, it's very important that we'll do this. And it's because we're going to be taken. So I could take you to Matthew. I won't do it. To, amen. I'm free. My time will, will maybe mess us up here. Hallelujah. And um, so I'm a little hesitant about doing that because I want to try to go through this chapter here. So when you go to Daniel 6 and 6, and these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. This is a statement that you see. You'll see even back prior to this, even to Nebuchadnezzar, where Daniel never bowed or, or portrayed himself, laid out in this form or type of worship. Even though he would mention to the king about living forever, a man, but he did not, he would not portray or, or himself or lay himself out before him in that manner and way. I believe we need to respect men and give honor to men, but I think you don't, you and I don't ever need to lift up a man as though he is some kind of God Daniel practices this and even even his position in place amen he never done this we know that watch this I could take it to Mordecai with Esther that's what the whole deal was about Haman Haman because Mordecai wouldn't get down on his knees and wouldn't bow down to him and, and things of this nature I could take you a few places in this country Amen. Where individuals think all of a sudden they ought to have all these rights and, and everybody ought to just bow down to them and submit to them and give them this and give them that. There's only one King of Kings and Lord of Lords. There's only one, amen, that every knee is going to bow, that every tongue is going to confess. Come on, there is a connection with all this. There's a spiritual realm with all. I believe in giving honor. I believe in giving respect. Amen. But, but, but what, let me ask you something. Amen. When, when Peter showed up at Cornelius' house. Amen. And, 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 and whenever he, he was going to. He said, he said get up. I'm a man just like you. I'm a man just like. That's all I am as a man. Huh. So that's important. To keep that pers- perspective and understanding about this God. Amen. Especially, you know, there's only one that we're going to cast our crowns at. There's only one that we're going to bow and we're going to give this type of homage they would say our honor, our respect, our worship, our fear, our reverence to. So we see this practice even in the Old Testament as it makes its way through to the New Testament. Because this is the biggest battle that the Pharisees and Sadducees and others unbelievers have a problem to. That's the reason. Can I go on with that? Let me go on with that. Because of unbelief is the reason a lot of people don't believe what we believe here this morning. And living a standard and living a life that's holy and upright. They think we're in bondage. But no, we've been delivered. It's a passion because we believe this. Because we believe this is what pleases him. This is what brings honor to him. This is who rules and reigns in our affairs. And because of this belief, amen. So i got to move on from that. So when you move from that, you see what they assembled together president the kingdom the governors of now notice this now when they come to the king notice what happens here because you prior to this you only read of the princes and the presidents okay that comes to this agreement that makes this contract and comes together watch this watch what they tell the king the seventh verse says and the presidents of the kingdom and the governors and the princes now this is what they tell them. The counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statue and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Man, they, uh, you know, that, that's like um, if you come to me and tell me certain things, uh, you know, that you got a complaint. 
Oh, I shouldn't maybe stepped in that one, but I'm, I'm in it now. I would just mess it up a little bit. My God, have mercy. But anyway, but if you do, if you come to me with a complaint about something and you, you portray it, that everybody in the church has got this complaint and they don't and you're the only one with the complaint, you're, you're being driven to the same spirit of these guys. They included everybody, but everybody wasn't involved in it. If you go back two verses. Only the princes and only the, the other two presidents. Is the only ones. The 120 and the two, 122. But they included the governors and any, everybody else hold any other positions that they had set up. That, hey, we're all in agreement with this king. You're lying through your teeth. You deceived him. Well, I may not have went over good, but it's the truth. Don't tell me. I'm telling you, people always want to join in as many as they can. That's the reason they call you. <laughs> what do you think about so and so? I want to know why you want. Why do you want you? We want to know what I think about it. Is what I want to know. <laughs> Where are you going with this? <laughs> Don't attach my name to it. Where Brother Moore said we could. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ooh, praise God. So, so this is what really unfolded, what took place. And, and, and so, again, Daniel 6, as you're going down, I'm going to bypass the uh, Acts of 4. I'm, I'm sorry, I'd love to go there, but uh, I won't do it. I'd love to talk about, you know, because here's where prayer was made. And Peter and John, at the hour of prayer, went up to prayer. And the lame man, it gave beautiful. And because of this miracle, the fourth chapter, they're brought in. They're examined by what power, by what authority, who gives you this right. Amen. And, and, you know, Peter, here he is, even though he's unlearned, he's uneducated. But you know what? They make a statement about him. They said, but we know that he's been with Jesus. How did they know that he would have been with Jesus? Jesus had not been resurrected for a while. So how was Peter with Jesus on a regular basis now? It's called prayer. It's called prayer. By the power of prayer. Same way this lame man, the first notable miracle that took place in Acts, the third chapter. Where was they going at the hour of prayer? Which, amen, amen, at this hour of prayer, they're going to the temple. And here's this lame man, amen, at the gate beautiful. I don't know how many times maybe Jesus had walked by. But Jesus knew, but I, I don't know, maybe one day he looked over at him, maybe just kind of under his bed. Your day's coming, buddy. Your hour's coming. Because he knew the ending from the beginning. He knew, amen, that your day's coming. There's going to be a Peter and John that's going to come walking here about the hour of prayer. Amen. Because they're faithful to prayer three times a day. And in this relationship and personal relationship with me. And by me, amen. Hallelujah. You're going to be resurrected. By me, strength that's going to enter into your ankle bones. By me, you're going to be able to leap and praise and worship and go into the tabernacle like everybody else. Amen. You ain't going to need nobody else to carry you from this moment on and then this time on. Because of the power of prayer. I, I firmly believe we underestimate the power of prayer. Amen. Amen. A consistent prayer. Amen. Daniel didn't just start, but now he is, here he is in his 80s and 90s and practicing time and day after day. Amen. And now they're attacking the very source of his strength. They're attacking the very power. Amen. That, that, that he operates through. They're trying their best. Amen. Through the demonical foul powers of evilness. That, you, that we can stop his prayer life. Amen. If we can stop his prayer life, we can stop everything else. Honey, let me tell you something. If you don't ever get a prayer life started, you're never going to live a successful life for God. That's the reason you're always going to be on a roller coaster ride. That's the reason you're always going to be in struggles. Amen. You're going to be in struggle by prayer. Amen. But it's going to be for the kingdom of God. It's going to be, amen, with the joy. It's going to be with the understanding. It's going to be with the revelation. It's going to be with your mind made up. I know what side it ain't over struggling if you're going to backslide or not. 
No, that, that won't be part of the battle and struggle. It won't be the struggle over the carnality is going to win or, or is the spirit going to win. And really the spirit, you know what that is? The body and the soul. And it's what we give ourselves to. Give ourselves to carnality, to the world, to this flesh. Or we can make up in our minds, I'm going to mortify, as Paul said. I'm going to bring this old man under subjection. Every day. I'm going to get him under submission. I'm going to serve the soul by my spirit. I'm going to serve the soul, not the flesh. I'm not a debtor to the flesh. I'm a debtor to the soul that's going to live out eternity. That that God breathed into the first Adam. Hallelujah. The breath of life. That soul that's going to live out in eternity. Amen. And that's what you and I have got to focus on. And that's what prayer does. It connects us into the soul power. It connects us into the spiritual power. It connects us into that realm and that place. That we can interpret dreams. That we can, we can be the voice. Amen. That solves the doubts. Even against our enemies. Regardless of their positions. Regardless of their powers and authority upon this earth. There's still one that rules and reigns in the affairs of all men. There's one thing, man, that can show your favor regardless of his position that has the power, amen, to give life or take a... And so now Daniel finds himself as he pursues after this and begins to carry on. And, and so you know the, the writings there. As he said, now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the laws of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not Wherefore, King Darius signed the writings in the decree. And when Daniel knew that the writings were signed, he went into his house. Amen. His windows being opened in the chambers toward Jerusalem. He knelt upon his knees there. Time, amen. Three times a day and prayed. Gave thanks before his God. Amen. As he had did before. He didn't stop his prayer life. Amen. He didn't stop it. Amen. He didn't try to disguise it. He didn't try. Amen. You know what? I believe they set their watch. What time does Daniel pray? <laughs> Three times a day. <laughs> what time is it? Amen. I think, you know, 9, 3, and 6. Amen. Well, what time y'all want to go see it? Hey, we might as well get this thing over with. We might as well just go ahead and get up in the morning, get us a good breakfast, and go down there. I, I, he'll be there. He'll be there. The windows will be raised. He'll, he'll pray. Kind of like a little widow woman. <laughs> Amen. The judge sitting in his own office before the secretary ever even buzzed him and said, Hey, so-and-so's out here. I know who's out there. That evening, amen, I know it is. You ain't got to tell me. And after a while, amen, just tell her to come on in. I'll tell you something about the power of prayer that moves a God of heaven where you think nothing else can move or nothing else can have the authority and the power. I don't care what kingship, I don't care what governmentship, I don't care what kind of bond is they in. If you and I are willing to pay the price and humble ourselves in prayer and be consistent about it and daily about it, I'll tell you, this God will show up and he'll show up when he shows up and everybody around will know, hey, God just done it. That's what it's really all about. All about God and the power and the working of God upon our hearts and the working upon our lives. And, and so, amen, as, as, as he knew that, then the men assembled and found Daniel praying, making supplication before his God. And they came near and spoke for the king concerning the decree. And, and so they brought it to him and what he had signed and said, hey, you can't get out. Now, the king wanted to get out of this. Man, he's he seen how I've messed up. And I didn't realize what was going on. They, they, they misled me. They deceived me. But because this is a decree that's signed by the Persian Medes, it cannot be altered. It cannot be changed. I, I don't even the king. Now watch this. It's got to be sealed. So they go get Daniel. 
And they throw him into the, in the den of lions. Amen. But watch this. These men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, O king, that the Lord made his. And then the king commanded that they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now watch this. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God to whom thy service continually. Thy God whom thy service continually. He will deliver thee. It's amazing to me, everybody that's outside the den of lions got faith for you. <laughs> oh, it's going to get better. You ain't in the bed of afflictions. You ain't the one, amen, fixing to be thrown in the fiery furnace. You ain't the one, amen. That's a bunch of lions down there. They ain't fed them in days. Amen, but I got faith for you. Now, the only thing about that judgment to come back and get us, because our day's coming. Our hour's coming. Our moment's coming. If we continue to serve God, I'm telling you, the crossroads are coming. The opportunities are going to come. They're without, amen. It's just like offenses. They're going to come. You can't get around them. You can't avoid them. I don't care how smart you are, how much you pray. They're going to come. In fact, the more you pray, the more likely they're going to come. And when they come, the real test is, am I going to handle it right? Has the prayer light been right? Has my heart been right? Has what I've got the goods on the inside to see me through the trials? Because that's really what it's all about when it's all said and done am I going to survive the trial I'm going to trust you God and so sure enough he didn't buck against them you know he didn't have a secret knife and sword in his when he dropped him off down in that den come on he have lines you don't read none of that in the scriptures man he just left it Amen to the God that he served. And the God that he served continually. That even the king, amen, was persuaded, amen, by him. That he would be able to accomplish and achieve that, amen, that was right and pleasing in the sight of the Lord. And so as you watch this, as you, from the 16th verse, and so they took a stone. Now I want to mention this, the 17th verse. Took a stone and they rode it to the mouth of that cave. There's this Two different seals that takes place here. You know, they sealed the tomb of our Lord too, remember? Make sure nobody was going to steal the body. And then after, he had, after the resurrection of the body, if you read it closely, the disciples want to know who took it. Mary's wanting to know who took it. Man, the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and everybody else, who, who got that body? <laughs> they didn't really believe it. But now they're going to. But anyway, here you can see where... The king seals it. And plus, amen, the, 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 if you read it, you're going to see not only the king, but the stone was brought and laid at the mouth of the dens, and the king sealed it with his own signet, with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might be not be changed concerning. There was be no way of somebody, amen, coming to rescue him, and no way of escape when this thing was sealed by both of these seals. Now, some tells us, that the second sealing, amen, by those, amen, because if, if Daniel was not destroyed in that den, then he has the right, amen, to destroy those that had him put into that den. So you can do with that what you want to. Amen. Then the king arose and very early in the morning and hasted unto the den of lions. And when he came unto the den, he cried with a, a lamental voice or, or a crying or a broken voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the king, servant of who? Of the living God. Not a man-made God. Not, not a, a maybe God. This is the trouble 
with those kings and kingship. And I'll tell you if you ever noticed this. Amen. From Nebuchadnezzar, all the rest of them. They wanted to serve the Jehovah God and a multitude of gods. They wanted, to, they wanted the truth of God when they had need of him. But they, they wanted to enjoy the pleasures and the worshiping and the pride and the glory of serving other gods. Of creating them and molding them and shaping them. If you watch closely, a lot of the things that goes on today, it's more about man than God. And it's not about truth. It's about, hey man, what we've done, the buildings we built, and the things we're doing. When it's really, hey man, that's, that's pride. And that's the very thing God, who in trouble, kicked out of heaven. Pride. 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 I'm mannered up. I can, I'm woman enough, man. I, we better watch that spirit. Better watch that spirit that uh, when I show up, buddy, it's going to change. No, you better be saying when God shows up through me, it's going to change. It's not just when I show up. Just because I got a spirit of arrogance and high mindedness and I think I'm somebody. <laughs> well, I'm, stu- I'm, I'm kicking over a lot of logs over this morning. <laughs> but it's the truth. See, see, Daniel never conducted himself with arrogance and high mindedness and rudeness. There was a spirit of excellency that was in him. Hailing everything in such a a manner, in such a form, in such a way. Folks, it's very important. It's very important in this end time and the revival time that as we walk in in Christ, as we walk in the Holy Ghost and do the work that God wants us to do. Then said Daniel to the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel. And why wouldn't Daniel know as an angel? He was the one that had been blessed many a times to interpret dreams and visions. And so I'm sure he could recognize the angel when he came down. Amen. And closed the mouths of the lions and shut them up. You could stand. I know my time's about up. He says, for as much as before him, innocence was found in me. And also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. I wasn't against you, King. I wasn't against you. I guess I bowed to my God. And I called on him. And I broke that, that decree that was written up by your man and by the enemy, the enemy of my God. Not my enemy so much as the enemy of my God. See, that's the real warfare. That's the real battle, amen. The battle that goes on in each one of us, amen. Who's going to master us? Who's going to control us? Whose servant are we going to be? That's we're warned so much in the New Testament about yielding ourselves to righteousness, amen, and holiness unto righteousness, amen, or unto evilness and weakness, unto more evilness and wickedness. It's what we yield, it's what we give ourselves to. And so, as you pick up about the 25th verse, King Tarash wrote unto all the people, nations, and languages dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion, it's a dominion factor. It's all about a dominion who rules and reigns. What's God doing in the Babylonian kingdomship? Who, who dominated there? Who survived that kingship? Who came out? Daniel and the Hebrews. <laughs> sometimes we may feel like we're in Babylon. And there's such a warfare. And sometimes we may even ponder, well, I don't know if I'm going to survive. Yeah. You just, you just hang on to Jesus. Just hang on to that mercy and grace and be faithful to do what you know is right. Sometimes you can't do what you think. Sometimes you just got to do what's right. 
I didn't say uh, what's fair. I said what's right. There was a difference. Sometimes we judge or we, we justify our actions. Hallelujah. I've decided this is how I'm going to do it. I've decided this is direction. That's okay. As long as it lines up to this book. And it lines up to the favors and the blessings of God. But it does, it's not okay when it's contrary to this book. And outside the realms and the instructions and the doctrines of the book. Uh-uh. Then you'll line your passions. And, and, and you might can justify them even upon this earth. Of those desires and affections and direction. But that's not what God's looking for. God's looking for somebody who says, I got my mind made up. I'm going to serve you, God, at whatever cost. I'm going to make the sacrifices. But the only way that you and I can make that sacrifices is a continual prayer life. A continual daily basis of staying on top of it. What's the best way to handle cancer? The sooner that you realize, hey, there's something wrong. And you start making your way to physicians and saying, hey, there's something. Because the sooner they can get on it, the chances are far better they can do something about it. You don't wake and say, well, I'm hurting here and I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Especially if you've been nudged by it and you know, amen. And, and, some, and all of a sudden you start bleeding. All of a sudden this happened, that happened. And you just, you know, I'm just not going to go. I'm just, and finally you get to the point you have no strength. And they haul you in an ambulance. And you work, they take you in there and they, they examine you and they do x-ray on you. Well, it's if you'd have come six months ago. Come on, come on. That's the reason when you go to God on a daily basis uh, and you go to Him faithfully six months ago, you would find I'm talking to you today in the Holy Ghost. I'm talking to you. I'm trying to help you get you out of your pit. Hey Amen. You've got to get back in that prayer life. You've got to get back in those prayer rooms. You've got to get back faithful to bow on your knees to God, not to flesh and not to ideas and opinions of others and ideas of man. They justify a lot of things that God does not. If you bow your knee to him with earnestness and with sincerity. I tell you, it goes a long ways. Because this God can do things even in a moment, in a time, reaching into us and reaching into our lives and, and who and what we are. He knows that we're just dust. He knows we got struggles. He knows we got problems. Come on. We can't make it on our own. We gotta have him. Gotta have his help. Especially in trials. <laughs> it was disobedience that always got Israel in trouble. All those you go back and read them. Go back to Second Kings 17 and 18. And all those nations that rose up and they scattered him out. God used them as his hand of correction. Man. But it was because they were greater and mightier than Israel. Or I should say their God. Not the nation. Not the geographical location. Not their military people. Their God. Look if Israel had such a military. And abilities and giftings and things of that nature. That could deliver them. Amen. The word God's in the picture. That's the same way with you and I in the world, the time that we're living. It's not by our own means. Our paychecks, our positions, amen, our talents, hallelujah. None of that's what's going to get us out of here. None of that's what's going to help us and secure us and comfort us and strengthen us, hallelujah. But it's our faithfulness and continual faithfulness unto a prayer life, unto a prayer life. Because if you're not faithful to a prayer life, I'm going to say it. You can be faithful to the house of God. You can be faithful in all the other areas. But if you're not faithful in a prayer life, all the rest of this, amen, 
not going to amount to a whole lot. Hallelujah. It's just a showing up. And, and I'm here. And you, you just kind of, you know, you're just kind of putting in time. But you don't put no effort into it. You don't put nothing into the service. You don't put nothing into worship. You don't put nothing into none of that. You just show up, pull in the parking lot, and you just check it. Amen. A 10 or a little after. Or 6 or a little after. Or 7 or a little after. Amen. As soon as amen, we say amen. Out the door, I'm going. I'm done with you, God. I've done my part. No, that's not your part. We live for God continually. We live for God day in and day out. We're his vessel. We belong to him. We've been bought. Amen. We don't belong to ourselves. And so we're sold out. Amen. But I'm telling you, it's going to be worth the battle. It's going to be worth it one day. One day, I'm telling you, when the heavens split, when all this is over with, it's going to be worth every struggle. It's going to be worth every burden. Paul put it this way. He said all of these burdens and all that. They're going to be as though they were nothing. Nothing. I can tell by some looks that. I understand. Pain's real. Struggle's real. This old earthen vessel is ready to give us some fits. This old thing gets created out of the dust. And all of them, our minds and our hearts and our emotions. I'm still here to tell you. If you'll just stay with that prayer life. If you'll just stay committed. If you'll stay dedicated. There's going to be times when God's going to show up. And there's going to be times it feels like the heavens is nothing but brass. and No moving. But guess what? I'm going to show up the next day, God. I'm going to show up at the next appointed time. Hallelujah. That old widow didn't see no response out of that old judge until all of a sudden, out of nowhere, boom. God works the same way sometimes. Because you know why? Because we walk by faith, not by feelings and not by sight. We trust God regardless of where it's at. God, we're going to trust you. You're going to help me. You're going to help me with these babies. You're going to help me with this situation. You're going to help me with these dilemmas, God. Amen. Because you're a faithful God and a mighty God. And God, I pray you just give me the endurance. You just give it to me. Because he that endures unto the end. That end, amen. You know what? A lot of times these trials is nothing but testings. To see whether or not we're going to really endure unto the end. That trial ain't going to do you. But sometimes it's nothing but a day. Sometimes it may be a week. Sometimes it may be a year or two. It just depends on how we're doing in the trial. But I promise you, all of us are testing whether or not. Sometimes, in fact, Paul says, when you've done all you can do, well, just stand. Stand what? Stand on the promises of God. Stand in the truth. Hallelujah. Don't try to change the method. Don't try to change the pathway. Hallelujah. Thank God for the truth. Thank God, amen, for the way. Hallelujah. Thank God I know I'm in the right way. I'm not changing the way. No, I'm going to be faithful to this. I know what I've been taught. I know the doctrines that I've read for myself and what God's revealed to me. Hallelujah. And I'm going to hold on to it, regardless of the rest of the world and all my family and everybody else know I'm going to be faithful I'm going to say continue with this God didn't Daniel didn't change his God amen even when they change when they change kingship and when they change amen counselors and when they change government and they change position Daniel stayed the same but because he stayed the same he survived the Babylonian kingdom he survived the Syrian kingdom he survived all of them why because he had the real kingdom alive and well on the inside of him of this Jehovah God Ladies and gentlemen, we've got the greatest kingdom that's ever going to be. And ever told the kingdom is going to last forever. Don't sell it out. Don't sell it out.
get a hold of it. Let it get hold of you. And it's up to us. We, we, we have to make that choice every day if I'm going to pray or not. We make that choice if I'm going to bow my knee or not. We make that decision if i got enough time. I know you're working. I know you got, you're busy. <laughs> don't let the devil, don't let the pull and the, and the, the pleasures of the luring powers of the world, the materialistic things of the world, rob you of the greatest thing that you're not God. That's a kingdom. That's a, that's, a, that's a fellowship, a companionship with one another and with Jesus Christ. You just got to make up in your mind and heart. I'm not going to let nothing or nobody drive me from this kingdom. I think we have to be careful because this God knows. If you remember what Brother Ford read in Ephesians, he talked about the fivefold ministry for the perfecting edifying of the body. But they got to do it out of what? what? What was the key thing in there? It said, love. Love. We'll tell you something. If he's a real man of God, even when he makes a stand and it's against the grain, he's doing it out of love. If he's from God, if he's anointed the Lord, it's out of love. It's not that he wants to be hard and overbearing. You see, you're never going to satisfy flesh. Everything that's built outside this true foundation proves that. That's the reason there's so many different religions and ideas and opinions and different faiths across our land. Because they got leaders. A man is trying to pacify the pew and not please the God of the pulpit. But if you're called of God, you got to please Him and walk with Him and be His servant. And guess what? You and I both, as vessels of God and vessels of the Holy Ghost, at whatever cost, God, you help us. Yes, help us to hold on to the plow, you help us hold on to truth. Because if I do that, God, you'll see me through this. Every trial, every battle. We sung it the other night, Wednesday night. The battle belongs to you, Lord. The battle belongs to you. The responsibility, God, to get me to heaven belongs to you. If I'll just submit, if I'll yield, if I'll obey, God, I believe you can pull me through. Let's pray. God. We love you this morning and appreciate you today. You shine down upon us from the heavens, upon every heart, every soul, and every individual in this house today. God, we love you and we need you. God, there's no doubt in our hearts. There's no doubt in our minds and our spirit how desperately we need you to be with us. God, I'm praying. I'm praying that you'll help us. You'll help this church, God. You'll help me. You'd help us, God, to work on a relationship and a companionship with you. To be so consistent. To be steadfast. God, to work on that spirit of excellency. To work on the, the, the elements that brings that about in us. God, none of us is too old or too young to begin to work on this. To begin to apply ourselves and begin to set this watermark. And this goal in our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. 
You help us be soul winners. You help us be the light givers. Amen. Help us be the examples. Help us walk in the beauty of your grace, the beauty of your love and compassion. Help us affect our neighbors, affect our enemy, God, by the love of Christ, by the touch of the Lord. Praying for one another, our brothers and sisters. Help us, God, to be bonded together, to be united together, God. As you move upon our hearts, our minds, and our spirit, breathe upon us in this house today, God. We give you glory and praise and honor, a God that hears and answers prayers, a God that'll move, a God that'll help, a God that'll work on our behalf. I give you honor here today. I give you glory as our Lord, as our Savior, as our Deliverer, through and by that wonderful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Love you this morning, church. Appreciate you. Every soul, every family, let's pray for one another. Let's put our trust in God and the Word of God and powers of his grace and mercy as we leave this service today why don't we allow our minds and our hearts and our spirits say you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna press my way toward this God I'm gonna work on it and I'm not saying nobody's I'm just saying I'm gonna work on it I'm gonna do more man and humbling and yielding myself and man why our community is depending on us our families are depending on us I promise you there's some backsliders out there hoping and praying that you never backslide. Hoping and praying you'll stay with it. You know why? Because they've got to have a place to come one day. And in the back of their minds, they're planning on coming. But if we're not here, where are they going to go? Who are they going to go to? So help us. God help us. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord.